I'm always talking about how it is possible to change your life by just focusing on getting 1% better every day, how the little things really do add up, and that can be as small as integrating a new supplement into your day-to-day routine like Seed's DSO1 Daily Symbiotic. It helps benefit your gut, skin, and heart health in just two little capsules a day. I personally have loved integrating Seed into my day-to-day routine. My digestion has never been better. I feel so much better and I truly notice a difference when I'm not taking it. When I take it consistently, I feel so much better. My digestion is better and I've never really experienced something like this from a probiotic. So that's why I continually go back to seed and notice a difference when I stop taking it. Trust your gut with Seed's DS01 Daily Symbiotic. Go to seed.com slash Alana and use code 25ALANA to get 25% off your first month. That's 25% off your first month of Seed's DS01 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com slash Alana code 25ALANA. Thank you, Seed, for sponsoring today's episode of Morning Ray. Turtles All the Way Down is the acclaimed number one bestseller by John Green, author of Anthropocene Reviewed and The Fault in Our Stars. Turtles All the Way Down is now streaming on Max. NPR called the novel a sometimes heartbreaking, always illuminating glimpse into how it feels to live with mental illness. Azah Holmes never intended to pursue the disappearance of fugitive billionaire Russell Pickett, but there's a $100,000 reward at stake and her best and most fearless friend Daisy is eager to investigate. So together, they navigate the short distance and broad divides that separate them from Pickett's son, Davis. Azah is trying. She is trying to be a good daughter, a good friend, a good student, and maybe even a good detective, while also living within the ever-tightening spiral of her own thoughts. Turtles All the Way Down is a brilliant novel about love, resilience, and the power of lifelong friendship. Buy your copy of Turtles All the Way Down in stores today and catch the movie streaming on Max. Thank you, Turtles All the Way Down, for sponsoring today's episode of Morning Ray. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, good morning, angels, and welcome back to Morning Ray. I'm your host, Lanny, and today I have a very special episode. It is a solo episode. I've gotten many requests for another solo episode, so here I am, and this one is very special, and it's a topic I'm very passionate about, and I'm sure you know that, especially if you've been listening 
to Morning Ray for a while now, or if you follow me on my various social media platforms, which are always linked in the show notes. So this podcast is going to be centered around mental health. It is May, which means it's Mental Health Awareness Month, and I felt that it would be very appropriate to come out with a solo pod in the month of May that discusses mental health and taking care of your mental health, being proactive, and all that good stuff. So I'm very excited for this episode, but before we get into the bulk of it, let's do our weekly intention. So if you've been following me, you would know that I started running and I'm trying to get creative when it comes to working out and really challenge myself, specifically in the cardio department. I hadn't really done cardio since being sick with COVID, so this is honestly really fun and new and fresh and exciting. And I've been running. I've been following the Nike Run Club app, guided runs. I've been going from like the the first run to the next run. I did the third run. So I've ran three times at the time that I'm recording this. And I continue, I plan to continue to do more of these runs and I'm really enjoying it. I originally set out to run one to two times a week. But now I think I'm going to go for more two to three times. I really want to run even more than that, but I just don't want to burn myself out and injure myself. So my weekly intention is to really have fun and continue to have fun with cardio. And in addition to running, I've also got a jump rope and I want to work on my form and get used to doing jump ropes. So my plan and weekly intention is to run two to three times a week in the morning, preferably. And on the days that I'm not running, to do around 10 minutes total, like obviously breaks in between, of jumping rope before I go on my walk, after my lift, or Pilates, whatever I may be doing. That leads me into my weekly tip, and that is to make fitness fun. It doesn't have to be whatever you see your fitness inspo doing. It doesn't have to be what I'm doing. Just make it fun for you and find what lights that fire under your ass and makes you want to get out of bed in the morning and go sweat and go move and take care of your mental health and your physical health because working out honestly helps my anxiety, my stress levels so much and I'm sure I'm not alone on that. So just find what exercises are fun to you and you're going to be more likely to stick to it. If you find you can't keep a consistent workout routine or you feel like you're constantly in quotations, falling off the bandwagon, falling off the track, then it's probably because you're doing workouts that feel like chores. Now, workouts aren't always going to be super motivating and the motivation isn't always going to be there and you're going to have to be super disciplined. So, You have to find things that are going to be fun and that are going to be a little bit more motivational, but you have to bring that discipline in. But in summary, I know I went on a bit of a tangent. My tip of the week is to find workouts and movements, whether that be a walk or playing sports with friends or water sports or riding a skateboard, something fun like that. It doesn't have to necessarily be like functional exercise. I guess that is functional exercise, but it doesn't have to be like your typical weightlifting or spin class. You can do lots of fun things and still be active and healthy. So find what makes you happy. 
Now, I spoke last week how I wasn't going to do what my therapist said, but we're going to skip over into my current favorites. I have many current favorites, but I'm going to keep it short to you. I actually haven't prepared this, so bear with me here, but I know my first one is definitely the Siggy's yogurt. I've been obsessed with it. Yes, it's dairy. I've been having a bit of dairy. Like I've been having their skier. Not I know they have plant-based ones, but I've been having their skier. I think that's how you say it. It's like Greek yogurt, but Icelandic instead of Greek. So I've been having skier and I like the vanilla one and that one's sweetened with agave, which is actually really nice. And I've been also liking their plain one and then I top it with frozen blueberries, fresh berries, Um, A little bit of granola that I actually picked up from Impact Kitchen here in Toronto. That's another current fave. I really love that. And a little bit of agave and it's so delicious. It's the perfect snack, breakfast, light lunch, whatever it may be. And it's filling, nutritious, and delicious. LOL. Who am I? My last current fave are my new sunnies from Princess Polly. I'm actually working with them over on Instagram. So I believe they might, the stories and everything might have been live already, but you can use my code ALANA20 for 20% off on princesspolly.com. But these sunnies are amazing. They're aviator plastic frames, but the lenses are yellow. They're so cute and they stay on my face really well, which I actually have a problem with glasses sliding down and they stay on my face so well that I can, one, run with them and not have to adjust them or touch them while running. And two, I can jump rope with them and they're not like bumping up and down or falling. So they're super cute. I have them linked in my links highlight on my Instagram at Lanny B Fit. And if I remember, I'll link them in the show notes for this episode. Okay. So I went to Instagram and I asked you guys to send in your questions relating to mental health, therapy, um, stigmas, open conversations with friends, all that such. And now I'm going to answer them. So let me see here. Okay. We're going to start with the lighter ones and then we'll we'll get a bit deeper but a listener asked fave form of self-care I definitely want to say in a way my morning and night routines are the ways that I take care of myself it's how I really set myself up for success and yes even with a night routine I'm setting myself up for success because that sets my mindset and the energy and the vibes when I'm going to bed. It allows me to have a good night's sleep which will impact how I feel the next day and the morning routine just again puts me in the right vibe, the right mood. It allows me to fill up my own cup before I give to others so I definitely want to say my morning and night routines are things that I take pride in and really help provide some sanity and routine in my life. And I highly recommend you find a morning routine and a night routine that works for you. It doesn't need to be a million one steps. It doesn't need to be super fancy. You just need to find what makes you feel your best, both mentally and physically. And it's going to be a lot of trial and error You can try different things. You can get inspiration from me, from other people, but I really abide by my morning and night routines. Someone wants to know how to do the manifest part on my journal, like my journaling prompts. So if you don't know, I released journaling prompts on my Instagram at Lanny Befit. I actually paused for a little bit, but I'm back on it. So you can 
see weekly journal prompts. They'll be released on Mondays on my Instagram, at LannyBFit. And so they're asking how to do the manifest part of the journal. So at the end of my journal prompts, it says manifest this shit. So a lot of people actually get confused and think, it's to manifest whatever you had written above. That's actually where you're going to write your goals, your aspirations, their short-term, long-term goals. And I have a post on this on my Instagram, actually. So if you are someone who learns by reading text, I would recommend to go look for that. It says manifested angel. It's a text image. But essentially, what you want to do is you want to write out goals or things that you would like to attract into your life, and you want to be really specific. So, for example, if we're talking about a career goal, and you want to write this in a present tense, like you already have whatever you're seeking. So, I am working at a company whose values align completely with mine and I enjoy going to work every single day and I am here in January 2022. So you want to attribute it to attribute it or connect it to a date as to when you would ideally like to have that by. And you want to write in the present tense and you want to connect it to both an emotional and physical feeling. So that is an example of how to do the manifest part of my journal. Essentially, it's any short-term or long-term goals, whether it be where you want to live, what you want to be doing, how you want to feel, things you want to have accomplished, anything of that sort. There's lots of resources online about manifestation, so you can always search and check out those. A listener asked how to get back into routine. So I feel like on social media, there are a lot of talks about people in this all in quotations, getting back on track, falling off the bandwagon. I fell out of my routine, getting back into my routine, reset, routine reset, all of these things. And I think it's all about shifting your mindset because if you're looking that you have fallen out of your routine, you're essentially looking at the glass half empty opposed to looking at the glass half full. And what I mean by saying this is that you haven't fallen off of anything. You haven't fallen out of anything. Sure, your life might not be as structured as it once was a while ago, but life is life and it's not going to be the same every day and it shouldn't be the same every day. And it's, I don't think it's healthy for it to be the same every day. I have my routines, but they're very flexible. They're very flexible and they ebb and and they flow and I think it's important to be very agile, and I think COVID has really taught us that as a society. At least it's taught me that, and I know it's taught my close friends that. But I think it's really important to change your dialogue around these conversations about falling out of habits or falling out of routine, and it is possible. I mean, no one's perfect. We're not robots. We're not programmed to act and think and behave the same way every single day. It's just, it's not humanely possible. There are so many internal and external factors that would attribute to whether or not you stay on routine. But I think it's really important to have those habits and to lean into those habits. And 
you can always just like reel it back in, just be a little bit more disciplined and just just start those healthy habits that you had before. For example, if I go on a one week vacation, obviously my routine's going to change a little bit. But if I had a routine beforehand, I'm not going to totally forget about it when I come back home. It's kind of like riding a bike. You may not ride it for a while, but you'll always know how to ride a bike once you get back on it. So I think it's really important just to hop back into it. I hope that answers the question. Someone wants to know how to stick to a workout schedule. This isn't really mental health, but I guess it is because working out is a huge contributor to keeping my mental health sane and keeping everything in check. It's my me time. It's meditation in a way. And I think for me, I have always been active. I've always been a hard worker when it came to being active. If you didn't know, I grew up dancing competitively. So I had a pretty strict regimen when it came to my physical activity and I was pretty disciplined in the effort in my training. So that translated into my fitness routine now. But I found what really works for me in staying in a routine and one that's very consistent with working out and works the best for me mentally and physically is when I'm following some sort of program. Whether it be an eight-week fitness guide or a subscription service that offers a weekly schedule, by having that and knowing what the game plan is and it having it laid out for me like I would if I had gone to dance when I was younger really helps me stay accountable. Also, what's really nice about these fitness plans and subscription services is there's usually a whole community surrounding them. So you can follow on social media the people in that community and that will help keep you accountable, motivated, engaged, and regular with your workouts. A listener asked, how do you pull yourself out of a very low mental state? I definitely have experienced feelings of low, feeling low. I've never been depressed, but I have definitely felt low before and especially after um, my breakup. Like, he wasn't my boyfriend, but whatever the point. I was heartbroken, okay? And I was really upset. I cried a lot, and I felt really low, and I was not happy. And honestly, leaning into my friendships and my family, letting myself cry, letting myself feel those emotions, letting myself be aware of those emotions and why I'm feeling them and how they make me feel and what those triggers were really helped. And... Journaling was a huge part of becoming aware of those emotions and being able to let go of them. So I really attribute a lot of my mood stabilizers, I guess you could say, and self-esteem help with journaling. It's a really good aid and it's kind of that middle ground before going to therapy, which is really nice and it really helps me personally. So Just letting yourself feel it, journaling, and running really helped. I would run on the treadmill, and I would mentally scream, like in my head. I've spoken about this before, but I would mentally scream positive affirmations to myself. I actually now have an app. It's called I Am, and it sends me affirmations, positive affirmations, and you can select what categories you want them to be from, like self-esteem, self-love confidence, all different things. And it will send you notifications. I have it sending 10 a day between 8 a.m. and 10 p.m. And positive affirmations honestly really helped. It helped 
boost my self-esteem, my mood, my confidence, everything. So that definitely really helped. And doing things that make you happy and make you feel good. So for me, working out, going on a walk, hanging out with friends, watching YouTube videos, but not for too long, doing work, starting new projects, so many different things. So find what you love and put yourself in that. But if you are feeling really low and you're listening to this, I always, always recommend talking to someone, whether it be a friend, a family member, a peer, a mentor, or even a medical professional, like a therapist. Like I speak to a therapist and there's some, there's nothing wrong with that. That has, that really helped me. And it's really helped me during that point where I was feeling really low. So if you are feeling really low, I recommend you to reach out and ask for help. There's no shame in it. And it's only going to make you better and it just means that you're strong because you're willing to change however you're feeling and the thoughts that are going on in your head and you want to get better. It's a good thing. We take care of our physical health so much. There's so much stress and emphasis placed on taking care of your physical health, whether it be through what you're eating, how you're nurturing your body, what you're doing to keep it active and healthy. But I feel like only now are we getting into talking more about the mental health and taking care of our mental health and seeing medical professionals for our mental health. As for our physical health, it's a no-brainer. You're not feeling well, you go to the doctor. So if you're not feeling well mentally, why wouldn't you see a therapist? I don't know. That's just my two cents. Obviously, you have to be ready whenever you're ready, but... I strongly recommend therapy to anyone, whether you are feeling low or you feel that you're fine. I think everyone should be talking to a therapist if you're feeling fine in quotation marks. Like, you don't have to go every single week. You could go maybe once every two weeks, once every three weeks, once every month, maybe every month and a half or so. I go once every two to three weeks. I think I'm pretty mentally stable, but it definitely helps and it helps with my high-functioning anxiety. So there's no shame in seeking help or asking for help. A listener asked how to get out of the toxic diet culture thoughts looking at food negatively. I think it's really easy to fall trap to diet culture, especially on social media and especially at a young age. If you're in high school, maybe even like middle school now or university, it's so easy to fall into that trap in that circle and that spiral. I think it's really important to be aware of the conversations you're having with your friends and your family and the types of conversations you're having around food, your body image, yourself, self-comparison to your friends, to people you see online. I think it's also really important to be aware of who you're following. Are there accounts that are promoting this diet culture terminology and way of speaking about food and exercise in themselves, then I highly recommend you unfollow them. You don't need to follow them and there's no harm and it's not rude to unfollow someone who is leading and encouraging these thoughts. You are the top five people you surround yourself with and you are the five top creators you follow on social media networks. There are influencers for a reason. They're going to influence the way that you think, the way you act, the way you behave, 
maybe not consciously, but it could be happening subconsciously or it could happen over time. So I think it's really important to do a little audit. Go through your social media platforms because I'm sure that's the root of it all and unfollow those people, whether it be people promoting diet culture or maybe it's an individual that you find yourself comparing yourself to negatively and putting yourself down. You can mute them, you can unfollow them, you can block them, but just get them out. Like You don't need to see that and I think it's really important to challenge those thoughts and to challenge them with positive thoughts and to challenge your food fears and to try to take that emotional detachment away from food. JC and Chelsea from What We Said Podcast actually have a really good episode on this. I think it was within the last few weeks. I can't remember what it's titled, but it definitely discusses it and I highly recommend that you check it out. A listener asked, how are you able to balance school and life without feeling burnt out? For me, there is a lot. Girl, I feel you. I'm balancing so many things and I actually had to hand in a temporary leave of absence for one of my jobs because you guys know I work a lot of jobs and this was really hard for me because it kind of felt like I was failing in a way, like it couldn't balance everything. But I knew that if I kept going on with these absurdly insane amounts of work and responsibilities and being pulled left, right, and center, I was going to burn out and I wouldn't be able to show up as my high self. I wouldn't be able to put my best effort into each and every one of these different areas. And for me, it's really important that I'm able to show up as my high self, not only for myself, but also to show to others I am a people pleaser, but I don't want to disappoint others in my work or to under deliver in my promises. So I think it's really important to be aware of when it's too much and knowing what has to give in order for you to be mentally and physically okay and to know that it's okay. I really think it's important to lean into your toolbox, to open your toolbox and utilize those tools that you have. So Time management, using a planner, whether it be physical or digital, to plan out your time and to think strategically. Looking into new time management practices, time blocking, time batching, Pomodoro method, any of that sort. Find what works for you. And also setting aside time for you to relax by yourself and to do self-care moments And set aside time to connect with others, whether it be your friends or family. I think it's really important to figure out what works best for you and only you and to put yourself first. I hope that helps answer that question. How do you deal with bad body image days and food obsession? This is something that I have definitely come a long way, but I'll be honest, it still happens. Those thoughts still creep forward. I still have bad body image days. I still have days where those diet culture, food obsessive thoughts come forward. I have an obsessive personality and it's just natural and normal that they could still be there. But I think it's really important to know when to step away from the mirror and to stop critiquing yourself. Whenever I feel like I have a bad body image day and I'm looking at myself in the mirror and I just am really not happy or satisfied or confident in the way that I look and my self-esteem feels really low, I put on a super comfy outfit. Usually it's something loose and 
I challenge myself to not look in the mirror and to focus rather on what I'm doing opposed to how I may look while I'm doing it or the fact that I don't love how I look today. I also find that doing my hair and my makeup and having a little long get ready date with myself really helps me feel a lot better and a lot more confident in terms of food obsession. I think this goes away over time and you just have to really challenge those thoughts with positive, good, healthy ones around food. And eventually the good thoughts will outweigh the bad. And to just remind yourself of how far you have come since forgoing diet culture, toxic diet culture to be specific. Um, what was the catalyst for you starting therapy? So I honestly want to say that Ellie Schnitt from Schnitt Talk, it doesn't exist anymore, but she's on Twitter and Instagram. She always spoke so openly about her going to therapy and her experience with therapy and how she believes that therapy is for everyone. And that really made me more intrigued to start talking to someone more regularly. But I think what really made me take the leap of faith and ask my parents, because I am still living at home and they still do support me, to start therapy was that I felt like if I kept going, I was going to eventually break down and have a meltdown. And this was kind of a pattern that kept reoccurring for me. I would feel like I'm fine and I would tell everyone that I was fine, but really I I wasn't. I was ignoring how I was really feeling. And then I would eventually break down and I would have kind of like a panic attack and just feel like the whole world is crumbling. So I didn't want to experience that again. And that's what led me to therapy. But I had become a lot more in tune with my emotions and my feelings and my thoughts and more aware of them through my journaling practice that I had started leading up to that. So I guess that is my catalyst for starting therapy. I'm going to answer a few more questions and then I'm going to wrap it up. I live with my parents and some things they say trigger me, like, do you need to eat that? Referring to my body and it just makes me feel like shit. How do you deal with body positivity? Okay, first off, I'm so sorry that they feel the need to make those comments I think there's a way in which to go around conversations surrounding food and body image, especially towards your family members, because it is a highly sensitive topic. But I think it's really important that you kind of just let those thoughts go in one ear and out the other. But I think it's also really important that you communicate with your parents as to how that makes you feel. And you want to lead with I statements. This is actually what my therapist taught me. I knew this from listening to other conversations um, on podcasts about fights and relationships. But the same way goes for conversations surrounding this. And if you don't feel comfortable or confident in your abilities to get the point across in a face-to-face conversation, I encourage you to write a letter or write an email, but not a text. Write a letter or an email and give it to your parents or family members. And you want to lead with I statements outlining why it's triggering to you, what it's making you feel. 
Is it making you feel ashamed? Is it making you feel guilty? Whatever it may be, you lead with that. And I am very sure and positive that they will apologize and take strides to change the way that they behave and act towards you and the comments that they make. In terms of body positivity, I think it's really important that you do the self-work yourself. So listening to podcasts that talk about body positivity and self-confidence and self-esteem or following individuals on social media that preach those messages and share their methods and ways of boosting your self-esteem, self-confidence, and love for yourself. I think positive affirmations are really great place to start. They're honestly so amazing and so underrated. You can write them out in your journal. You can write them on a sticky note and put them on your mirror. You can look at yourself in the mirror and you can say them to yourself. You can do what I like to do and mentally scream them to yourself while you're running. But I think that will definitely help. And I'm really sorry that you're going through this. But definitely, if you're listening to this, message me and we can talk a little bit deeper about that. Okay. Experience with CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy, and how to increase effectiveness. So my experience with CBT has been super amazing and incredible. I love my therapist, Tamar, and she's absolutely amazing. And I'm also going to say that I have put in a lot of work myself. I'm not, I don't know how all therapists function, but I think the best way to make it super effective is to practice the skills and use the tools and do the homework that they leave you with. Cognitive behavioral therapy is designed as a way to change the way that you behave and the way you respond to different situations and the way you think. So it's kind of like math. If the teacher just teaches it to you, sure, you understand it when the teacher's going over it and you're doing the problem with the teacher. But in order to do well on the test, you need to go home and you need to practice different math equations that are that method or whatever. Like you need to go practice your times tables or whatever it may be. So the same thing for cognitive behavioral therapy. You need to go home and live your life and implement the tools that they've given to you in your therapy sessions and apply them to your life and in the moment so that you can change the way that you process information and events that happen to you and the way that you act as a response. Hope that answers that. What to do when someone says it's just a phase, it's going to pass while you're trying to improve your life. Trust me, I've been told this a million one times and look who's still here. I'm still here. I started posting on my Instagram in first year of university. I'm now graduating in December and I'm still posting. And I think it's really important to be aware of who's saying those things to you and your relationship with that person because the person that is saying it's just a phase isn't the type of person that you want around. They're not your cheerleader. They're not going to be encouraging you to be your highest self. You changing the way that you want to be and the way that you're living is because you want to become a better version of yourself and you should be surrounding yourself with someone who's going to motivate you and encourage you and want that for you. So I think it's really important for you to evaluate your relationship with that person. And I'm not saying to cut them off, 
but maybe distance yourself and open yourself up to people who are more like-minded to you and supportive of you and your goals and whatever they may be and wherever they may take you. I think I'm going to wrap the podcast up there. I've answered quite a few questions. Let me know in the DMs on the Morning Ray podcast if you want more solo episodes, if you want more Lanny Listens episodes, if you want more mental health episodes, whatever it may be, definitely slide into the DMs over there and let me know. But I hope this episode was very helpful and I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, I would love if you rate, reviewed, and subscribed as it really helps support the podcast. And you'll have a chance to be featured if you leave a review on the Morning Ray Podcast Instagram. I love you guys so much and we'll chat soon. Love you. Bye.